0: Approximately one in every 59 children are born with autism. Albert Einstein.
1: Dr. Einstein had no speech until age three. Steve Jobs. He was a loner. He brought snakes to school.
0: Leonardo da Vinci. This man was far advanced on the autism spectrum.
1: I'm not naughty. I'm autistic. And I just get too much information.
0: You're listening to Take Watanga. Love Not Cure. Exploring autism one strength at a time. So first and foremost, I would like to thank you for giving me this opportunity f- for us to have this conversation around um, autism and around disability in general as well. And also, I would like to con- congratulate your office and your team for the new ministry. Uh, thank you for at least um, giving, or maybe somehow listening to to my my concerns as well, perhaps along the discussion. Uh, it's been first two weeks as far as um, the ministry has been stab- uh, established. Um, how was your first two weeks?
1: Uh, well, firstly, thank you very much, um, Lloyd, for the opportunity to just have a cordial with you. Uh, it's been amazing um, to think that we have Haikaha, the Ministry for Disabled People, um, uh, that's been launched, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, The main thing for the first um, initial kind of few weeks was to make sure that the things that transferred over to the ministry, particularly Mm -hmm. from health and disability support services, embedded okay, uh, people are getting their support um, and that nothing has changed in that space and people are feeling okay about that. Really important that people get the support that they need and the care that they need. Um, And the other thing was really embedding, enabling good lives, the pilots into the new ministry, and the Office of Disability Issues. So um, the first kind of little while is implementation and establishment, and it's really just about bringing those three processes together under the one roof and ensuring that they are um, working well, doing what they need to do, and that we will develop a plan uh, of work and uh, um and be much more concrete about how we continue going forward. So initially, just kind of bedding everything in. So it's been working really well so far.
0: Okay, so what's your motivation? I know there's a, coming into office, there's a huge list of concerns, perhaps some challenges that other uh, parents with uh, disability or parents who are uh, directly connected with a person with uh, disability, What's your why? Uh, what's motivating you to go to, to this uh, office, to your, to your office?
1: Yeah, well, firstly, the opportunity to change the landscape, firstly of how government interacts with the, with the community, um, but mostly how the rest of Aotearoa or New Zealand uh, are able to interact with the community. So what I mean by that is that we've got a real opportunity here to improve the outcomes for our disabled people, um, wherever they interact with whatever services are, are out there, or, or really their expectations of how they live their lives. Um, so, you know, later this month, we will be uh, putting in place the accessibility legislation. We'll be reading it that for the first time. Um, and That's really significant for us as a country. It's a piece of work that we have worked on uh, for the last five years, and it came about because the Access Alliance, which is a, a group of disabled people, um, their carers, their parents, and, um, and services, understood that in order to, for disabled people to have access to things like decent housing, income, education, transport, and the like, they needed this legislation in place to um, make sure that everybody across the whole system is aware of their responsibilities. So that's hugely exciting. But what is also really exciting is that this is the first ministry of its kind dedicated just to um, our people with disabilities anywhere in, in jurisdictions that we compare ourselves to. So that's a huge opportunity for us. We want to make sure we get this right. What motivates me is that I was at the beginning of the process, working alongside the Access Alliance as one of the MPs that um, supported the development of that. When we came to government, um, Minister Cipollone, of course, had the the role as part of her role. um, And uh, I worked with her around um, ensuring that the voice of uh, the Alliance was part of the discussion. And she picked up that work and has worked uh, with disabled communities um, and with people with disabilities and people with their parents and their you know um, and the leaders in the community to make sure that this piece of work has gone ahead and what I thought was going to be um, accessibility legislation has actually resulted in a ministry and that's hugely motivating for me. Yeah. If
0: I'm going to be drilling down to the speci- specifics of autism is it part of the disabled community? I'm, I'm a little bit Confused before when we are trying to access, uh, trying to access um, yeah. support from different organizations. And I don't, is it part of the disability or is it a different thing? So what, what, what is it? Well,
1: well it's a really, a really interesting, interesting question. question in that there will be aspects of um, support and care for uh, people with autism. That span a whole lot of government agencies, what the ministry's role will be um, and what my role will be and what the, the new chief executive's role will be, will be to ensure that wherever somebody interacts across government agencies, that their, um, the expectation is that they get uh, you know served appropriately and that we encourage the development of the staff within those agencies to um, understand Uh, and uh, work appropriately with disabled uh, people and and the the wider whānau. So whatever supports are needed uh, for um, anyone who has autism, that they they will, um, in time, be able to access them. They will be able to also, um, you know, it's our dream that they will be able to drive what is needed for them. For example, um, uh, in education, there's a huge... Uh, opportunity for for parents, for uh, young people with um, autism to actually drive what services they need. I know that one of the issues that um, has really exercised uh, parents with autistic children is the access to um, appropriate assessment and, and getting those ass- assessments and diagnoses um, completed early, so that you can get the support and services in place in time uh, for your children, so that uh, whatever um, uh, developmental needs are required are put in place as soon as possible, because that makes that has a huge impact on on your children going forward. So the ministry's role will be to support the Ministry of Education around ensuring that there is people trained, they understand the needs. Um, and there is somebody there that will be advocating for and promoting and pushing those services to be um, available to, um, to, to children at an, early, at an early age, earlier than currently, and often parents are confused about where to go and what support. Um, so that is a, a big feature of what the uh, ministry will do. It is about supporting not only government but other agencies to, to deliver the best services they can.
0: So, are we creating or making some legislations out of it, or is it more of like um, if there's a pro- problem that I will be experiencing in the future, I should be co- going to your office so that it can be looked at? So there's,
1: there's there's an end a, and an end here. So, yes, legislation we are creating. Yes, we are reforming the health system. So, access for services should be. Um, easier to obtain. That's the whole goal of why the reforms are in place. And yes, the Ministry of Education has always had um, at the heart of it uh, that it is um, that you know whatever child comes through the door, their needs should be met. Now we just really need to support them to do that a little bit better. I think we can all agree that there are opportunities for us to do that. But now is the time really to um, to talk with the communities about what their you know what, need, what needs need to be met, what their expectations are, and for us to support that to happen. If you can appreciate, we are going, we are in an implementation stage, and we are working alongside um, other ministries to make sure that they deliver what is required of them now, but what is going to be required of them into the future. And that future part is the exciting part because we fully expect to work with parents. We fully expect to work with uh, disabled uh, people themselves. We fully expect to work uh, with um, support um, people as well and get in, in for, but mostly for disabled people to tell us what needs they need to be met and how we should be delivering them. And when we design new services, having them at the at the absolute heart of that, um, you know, they talk about the phrase, no, uh, nothing about us without us, but what we want to do is make sure that in practical terms, that happens, that they lead those discussions um, and they are able to feel a real sense of confidence that they are going to uh, be able to live their lives as fully as possible according to their needs, and they are driving that, not not the Ministry and not anyone else that they drive those decisions.
0: And one of the challenges that I'm aware of in terms of being able to support them as early as possible, because we know that if we have an early intervention, the, these kids can thrive, is the long waiting list in, for example, working with the Ministry of Health. And then there's this challenge of um, maybe one year, two year waiting list before a child can can be assessed or diagnosed. And before that, or after that, that's the only time that they can provide support for that child. That's what, right. What are we? What are the plans? I mean, are, are we looking at uh, proposing something uh, with the Ministry of Health in terms of working with them? So, so
1: what the, the what, what the health, health. reforms have um, given us the opportunity to do is really look at where um, those those uh, areas where the delivery isn't isn't quite so good um, and needs improvement. And I think we've been very um, uh, upfront with saying, you know, we can do better um, and we will do better. One of the things the Minister has done has provided, you know, an extra five and a half thousand spaces within the health environment to deliver services. Part of what we need to do in conjunction with our, our disabled people is identify those areas of most need and be advocating to health to support that. We have, as a government, um, um, had good uh, track records, for example, in the mental health area, um, and now is an opportunity for us to say to health. We know that clinical psychologists, for example, which may be very useful in this space, or um, um, other people, that there are, there, are, um, there are needs for us to have more people trained um, and to have them able to access... The, the waiting list, you know, because that, that's right, we are developing, um, it is becoming, it is, has always been a, a point of tension, being able to get access to um, the appropriate assessments early enough. So if we can be working um, with our, our disabled communities, with our disabled people, their parents, for example, and be saying, when we design services, this is what we need, and as a feature of that, it means that we will need more people trained in this area to, to meet those needs. That's our expectation of the health system that is far more responsive to our community's needs and that's um, you know one of, the, one of the things that we will be uh, ensuring that when I um, uh, talk to the, the minister that I will be presenting to him uh, the concerns of the community and where the most, most need and pressure is. As like anything, um, these things, you know, we 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 will make them part of a wider work program. But to be able to discuss these with other ministers and say, hey, these are the areas that we know we need to make some improvements in. I know you agree with this. Let's work together and make sure that these these things happen. As a matter of comfort, I guess for um, people who are who are, are listening or watching this. Um, we recently had a discussion with the um, the Independent Monitoring Mechanism, who is our, um, our independent group who are looking at our obligations under the UN Charter, the UN Convention for the Rights of um, People with Disabilities, and we were able to secure um, several Ministers to come to that particular discussion, and they all made commitments to Uh, ensure that they look at their processes, they they look at their current policies and they look at their settings um, and how they can make improvements within their own uh, ministries to ensure that the the needs of disabled people are met. That will mean, yes, um, uh, the concerns of um, the parents of autistic children are, are, are expressed and concerned. And I would certainly welcome the opportunity for um for we, for groups that have specific needs to be able to voice them um, as well and you know best and feel a sense of we will be able to change things because we know that our voice is being heard. Not just speaking to me, but speaking to you know, the the yeah to not, and not just speaking to government, but speaking to providers. Not just speaking to providers, but speaking to the general community too. This is a journey we all need to take together, uh, and it is um, a great chance for us to really elevate um, these issues and concerns.
0: Thanks for that. And I know the journey is different with different families and families, and also speaking to the the, the exper- speaking with experience in terms of education and the edu- education side you did mention uh, mention about that earlier it's so so challenging and a little bit frustrating in terms of getting the right support mm-hmm. for them uh, or for the autistic kids especially like for example ongoing resourcing scheme this is a problem we're in as far as i i'm aware it's only a one percent approval scheme uh, approval rate is this yes, yes. Yours, is. and for the reason that it is being capped mm-hmm. and i the, the reason or something that I couldn't um, understand is why autistic kids, uh, those who, who have high needs yeah. need to or needs to or, or need to compete on that funding wherein they need that funding. And then we're trying to look at these kids to be um, to, to, to thrive in the environment that uh, they need to thrive on, and why are we still capping that? given that there's a need and we all know that ORS is working very well for, for, for kids who have uh, the right um, yeah. aid.
1: Yeah, there's definitely, uh, you know, I couldn't agree with you more. I know that that is a real pressure point for um, many of our families wanting to have their children at school um, and uh, be able to access the support that they need to learn and thrive well. It is a key um, uh, part of um, our uh um, policy and our philosophy as a as a government that um, whomever comes through the door at any school or at any environment actually has the opportunity to um, thrive and do well as well as they can. The ORS funding mechanism is uh, problematic in that um, there is a there is a limit, um, and you know once you have um, uh, reached that limit, it, it's very difficult to get funding going. For, Forward. I know there is lots of work taking place to address that specific issue because it's a thing that comes up quite often. Um, and also the um, the idea of how you would uh, set criteria for that funding to be um, accessed. I think that um, as part of not only our reviews uh, in the health system, but this is actually a, uh, an issue around education, that they are looking at how we do this differently. And it may be that we change the mechanism, but it's a conversation we need to have with the wider community about not only what do they see as frustrating and, and not working well, but what would good look like? What does good look like? We we have to have that conversation. This is an opportunity for us to do that. Um, and uh, to be supporting um, disabled people to voice those concerns directly because, you know, we know that um, access to education is really important in terms of then being able to um, get good jobs and have good pay and your you know, future life outcomes are very dependent on the support that you get to um, do education well or all those other things that you need to do well.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much aware about our long-term plan in terms of having disabled people on the leadership roles, I've heard about that um, long-term plans and if we are not going to um, address the foundational needs, Mm. then there will be challenges in terms of us meeting that um, goal, right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So So one of the first things that we're doing is, you know, we're wanting to, as I say, embed all the practices in the ministry, Um, that seems to be working well. there is a, we are looking at um, system transformation and that is part of our Enabling Good Lives um, program to uh, establish that across the country. That is, you know, a feature of, um, that, that'll be something that will touch many people's lives and it's a feature of what we are doing in this implementation phase. Uh, how do we, what do we need to do? How do we set that out? What is the phasing that we need to, put that in place. There is also uh, around um, the uh, Disability Support Service some changes that that are likely to be made there but again we've got to develop a bit of a work plan and that is probably after the initial uh, embedding in of um, the Ministry is the next piece of work of what is going to be the plan going forward, what are the things that we need to do and who will be sitting alongside the Ministry doing that work so establishing the governance group will be really important. Um, It's important that as many views are represented in that governance group as possible um, and that they feel um, their role is is such that they are providing um, uh, some really clear advocacy about what is needed. Um, So it will be a great um, way to channel all of that into you know, into the Ministry so that when decisions are made, they are the decisions that actually meet the needs of our community.
0: In terms of um, having the Health New Zealand and Māori Health um, split from the DHBs now, they are two entities plus the uh, Ministry of Disability, so we're looking at working across uh, both areas as well. Is that
1: correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think, I think that's, that's, that's entirely uh, appropriate. I mean, there is no doubt that our health system needs to change to meet needs, and it hasn't really been that successful. And there's no doubt that um, the Māori Health Authority will have some real impact on delivering um, you know, good outcomes for, for Māori and for Pacific too. Um, and it's important that needs are met in a way that's appropriate um, for them, so you know, really looking forward to, you know, the Māori Health Authority, for example, making some decisions that um, are significant and important to them um, to ensure that their that their outcomes are as as they should be. You know, that there's equity in the system, right? So equity is a big issue, is a big kind, is a kind of the uh, I guess one of the core values that underpins a lot of this transformation work and we do it because we know there are people who are missing out.
0: Yes, and in terms of about uh, working, um, how about working with other uh, not-for-profit agencies as well? Are we going to be continually working with them in terms of like, for example, I've learned about the transition um, activities or transition programs of the autism ensign which they are only doing at uh, a certain um, location, like uh they're only doing it in Wellington and Auckland are we going to expand that in terms of transition to to work transition to work of autistic people
1: yes in a sense that um, the role of the ministry will be to um encourage support uh not necessarily do themselves but encourage and support the um those programs, for example, if if they are programs that come out of the Ministry of Social Development, um, we want to make sure that the engagements with the ministry, you know, that the ministry staff are well supported, well trained, um, and continue to advocate, but more than that, the programs are in place for uh, disabled people, and it doesn't matter who comes through the door that the service uh, is um, equitable. However, in saying that, one of the reasons we are um, introducing accessibility legislation is that we know that some people need more support than others to be able to ensure work programs, access to employment. Um, What are the barriers for that? That might be education, so that uh, education is barrier free for um, disabled people. All of these things are, are really important to us and we, we've put a line in the sand and said it is so important we are introducing legislation which will demonstrate our commitment to supporting um, other government agencies, NGOs and the like to deliver services that are the most appropriate to disabled people. It, for us in New Zealand it's a really um, it's groundbreaking stuff to be, to be saying, regardless of who you are, you have the right to uh, a, a decent education. You have the right to decent income. You have the right to um, uh, be able to, um, uh, you know, enter parliament. You have the right to um, decent housing, and that's our commitment uh, to the, you know, to disabled people. That whomever you are, you have you will have these rights, and we will support you to access them it'll take us a little while to get we'll get through that. But what we're saying, here's the line in the sand. Um, it, it, past this point, we will be working with disabled people to make sure that your needs are, are met as best as possible. And as a government, we are committed to this.
0: So how long are we looking at? I know it's gonna take a while, but are we looking at a specific timeline to, to have this uh, legislation done?
1: Yes. Yeah, so the legislation will be about a year from um, start to finish. But then there's some implementation time after that. We are overseas jurisdictions have had this in place. Some things have happened more quickly than others. It's given the opportunity for some people, say for example, work programs and um, opportunities for employment might have been easier to uh, get off the blocks quite quickly, you know, work with employers about how they work with disabled people. That has been something that's been a bit of a feature for a while, so that might be an easy uh, thing to, um, uh, an easy aspect to deal with. Perhaps it might take us a little bit longer to deal with some of the um, more entrenched issues, um, and that might be around communication. Um, that that might be around um, things like access to justice or transport or that that kind of stuff, but. It is, you know, it's our commitment that we make. And, you know, part of this is really also supporting um, the the public of New Zealand and the people of Aotearoa to get on board with this as well, you know.
0: Okay. And then, um, so what's our initial plan of attack? I mean, like, we have this uh, plan, uh, long term plans, like for uh, setting up the legislations. What initial steps have we taken? I'm just I'm curious about the initial steps that we have taken in order for us to start the the journey for this. Well,
1: this is where I have to put a big thank you to uh, Minister Sepuloni because she has done a lot of that work which is leading us to uh, the first reading of the legislation. But she's done a lot of work um, in the last five years as Minister for Disability Issues to ensure that Enabling Good Lives, for example, as a programme has rolled out to three sites now what our, what our plan is to um, implement that across the country. We have to make sure we can do that in a way that's safe and stable so that people will have, um, you know, continue to have good services. Um, but we also have to do that in a way that people have choice about what they, what services are and what, you know, what delivery looks like for them. That's part of a um, we're not going to put a time frame on that, but we are planning to phase out some things initially and look at how we might roll that out uh, across the country. Um, looking at system transformation as well um, and how we transform our, our disability support service. Um, that again is, um, we will work out a bit of a plan and then phase the, the, the work that we do there. Um, then, you know, the legislation, as I say, that'll be passed in about a year's time. And then we'll start to look at implementing uh, those things we can do quickly and then phase out the things that might take a little bit more time and bring on those other agencies as well to, to support that. In
0: terms of the MSD, um, it's no long, you're, you're no longer part of the, this MSD, right? No, it's totally separate now.
1: Absolutely. That we are the first ministry um, uh, of disabled people uh, in comparable jurisdictions just around disabled people. And that's a huge opportunity for us. And there will be people across the world that will be looking to see how how this, you know, how it goes. Yeah, so, you know, organising the, um, getting on board our governance group and, and our governance arrangements uh, is really important. And it's key for us to ensure that um, that disabled people have a very strong, powerful voice in this.
0: And I know that I have asked you too many questions about what your office will be doing across different um, disability communities. So now the question will be, what do you think parents like me can, can do to help your office, to help your team, uh, so that we can all succeed in, yeah. in, in your goal?
1: Yeah, and I, 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 I love that question. It's, it's, uh, um, we don't do, none of us do this on our own and um, you as parents need to feel that uh, not only your voice is heard, but that you are contributing to developing and doing some fantastic um, work. Uh, you know, uh, one of the things we will be doing fairly early on when our new permanent CEO comes on board is we want to do a bit of a roadshow, go out to the communities and say, we are here, we want you to come on board, we want you to support, we, but we want us to do this together. Yeah, So that's my message is that we don't do this on our own, we will do this together and we want you to feel like you have an opportunity to really shape and change um, how uh, our disabled community um, feel about the the opportunities they have for themselves and their, their lives and their future.
0: So any other final message that that you can um, or you want to share with uh, parents, carers or the the wider disability community and the people of Aotearoa?
1: I think ultimately what I would like is that the person that's sitting in this seat has come from the community and has the lived experience and is able to really um, advocate for themselves. And I think my job going forward is to help create an environment where Um, anything is possible Um, and that uh, um, disabled people feel they have the voice and they have the control and they have the opportunity. That's, I think, the most important thing that any of us can do. We want to create the space where that's possible, right? Yeah. But I'm, you know, hugely um, grateful to be given this opportunity. But I'd really like to pass this on to someone from the community. So let's, let's uh, first things first, let's try and get uh, some more disabled people into Parliament. That would be good.
0: That's uh, going to be an amazing outcome if that happens uh, at some point. So one last question would be, what's autism in the eyes of
1: autism? Um, uh, autism is... Uh, it's a really interesting question I mean as a parent or as a uh, as a person with autism I guess you've got two different perspectives right
0: good point Yeah,
1: or or somebody from uh, from the outside I I guess it's really just providing the space where um, that person uh, feels acknowledged and honoured and valued um, and that they are part of the wider whole you know
0: that's it for me. And okay. thank you for your time. I really appreciate your time for Thanks, giving us the time here and having this conversation. Thank you. Thank you.
1: You're
0: welcome. Yeah. Every tangata fight take tanga is different. If you fail with one strategy, don't stop. Keep moving forward. Always remember that for every failure you encounter, is one step closer to your success. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time. Memuto te fakawa haire. Let's stop judging others. Memahi, tahi, tato. Let's all work together. Kia Maya, Kia Kaha, be brave and be strong. I'm gonna be conscious. <laughs> It's all right, I'm just joking, yeah. <laughs> you can sit there, no,
1: yeah. no. Okay. <laughs> okay. You can pull Okay.
0: Thank you.
1: Well, first of oh, all, no. thank you very much, Lloyd, um, for the opportunity to just have a, a